Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Connect podcast. My name is Giovanna Manana, and guess what? I get to interview Keith McPherson today. I feel so honored and so lucky to be in this spot and learn from his knowledge and from all of his experience. And I know all of you who've been waiting for this podcast are so excited to hear it too. So without further ado, let's hear his story. Welcome, Keith. Thanks, G. Wow, this is uh, super exciting and I'm feeling a little vulnerable and scared, but also very intrigued and excited. (laughs) (laughs) This is so, I'm so grateful that you, um, I don't know if you were voluntold or volunteered. You volunteered. (laughs) I volunteered, for sure. To do this. So I'm I'm wide open and uh, super excited to see what happens. I'm so excited too. And I have so many questions for you. I don't know that we're going to get through them in this short period of time. I love that you actually but... <laughs> wrote questions down. I never do that. <laughs> well, I actually took some time and I, I meditated on them and thought about, okay, who are the types of people who listen to this type of podcast? And, you know, I feel like I definitely fit into the the category of these types of people and what we really want to learn from you. And you huh. have so much to offer and so much to give. So I feel like this is such a wonderful vessel to be able to do that. Cool. Well, I'm yes. going to hold the intention as we do this, that I'm going to be a channel for spirit to just flow through. So I'm, I'm going to do this like when I wrote my book, which was like that. It was like, I have to get out of the egoic way and allow the spirit to just flow through. So I'll just be listening as well to whatever needs to channel in. That's so beautiful. I want to come back to that actually, because I do have a question. I have a lot of questions about your book. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Why don't we just start off with that? Let's tell everyone about yourself. Okay. Well, my name's Keith. (laughs) For those of you that have been listening to the podcast and wondering who I am. um, Wow, my background. I mean, there's so many different ways to to share that. Currently right now, I spend most of my time in this world as a a life coach and a leadership coach. And um, I do a lot of speaking on the topic of mindfulness, particularly. Um, I recently updated my life purpose, which is... Uh, the working version right now is somebody that is bridging uh, the the veil between heaven and earth and being a light worker on the planet. And um, so however that comes through, I'm also a musician. I've been playing music since grade seven when I was failing French class. And that became my project to learn guitar and try to get through grade seven, um, which turned into a whole career of just um, performing. Uh, originally, I was in a band called Keith and Renee for a number of years. We toured all over the world. We put out six albums. We literally lived out of rental cars on the road for approximately 15 to 20 years of our lives. Um, this is making me sound like I'm 90 years old right now, <laughs> but uh, that it's evolved over the last 10 years to um, transitioning into more of this, this arena of spirituality, of wellness of really making uh, that my focus. And it just has come very naturally that that's where I'm supposed to be. Wow. Yeah. That was a very condensed version of this whole (laughs) life. I love it. so much to share, but that's, yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Um, I wanted to come back to the book because the first line in your book really just hit hard and hit home for me. And it was, to be to begin anything new requires letting go letting go of the old. Mm. So I know we're moving into like a time of springtime and like new beginnings. And I know that the energy right now is feeling very like new and people want to switch things up. So I feel like this is really surfacing and mm. it's such a huge message. And it's like 
front center in your book. So wow. can you tell us more about what this means to you and like what this means at this point in time? Mm-hmm. I remember writing that actually the very first day that I got cued that I'd be writing a book. I had this red scribbler and um, I have a writing practice in the morning. And one particular morning, I just got cued to start writing this book. And it was from somewhere very intuitive. And um, I, I just got the sense I have to get out of the way. In order to really begin this process of writing this book, I have to release all of the fear that I've been holding about who do you think you are to write a book? And, you know, I, I've always been very, very conscious of ego and trying not to be like a show off or to be a know-it-all and like all these stories that I've created in my head over lifetime of experience. And so to me, it's about letting go of all of the old attachment patterns so that I can literally be a channel, like I was saying earlier. So there's a, it's just, I'm getting triggered by a quote in the Tao Te Ching that talks about this. It says, let yourself be empty, um, completely empty and let your heart be at peace. And amidst the rush of worldly coming and going, notice how endings make way for new beginnings. Wow. And it's like that really, that last piece really landed for me of just, yeah, in order for new beginnings to happen, we have, things have to end. It's a constant cycle. And if we get in the way of that process of endings and beginnings, that's when we get really hooked and attached. And it's like writer's block, for example, when I'm writing the book. So Mm -hmm. to me, it was just a statement of, I've got to get out of the way to really allow this flow to come through this new beginning. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And so is there like a tactic that you use to get yourself out of the way? Like, what did you come back to when you found that you were just getting into your head or you had writer's block or those types of blocks started happening for you? Whoa. Um, well, when that happens, it's not like I'm like free of that in any way. I'm not immune to that. That happens regularly to me. Um, and I find when I start getting overly attached, it's most likely because my busy mind is trying to do everything itself, you know, or the ego as my mentor, Wayne Dyer, used to say, ego stands for edging God out, ego. And um, so to become aware is the first piece that, oh, I'm operating right now in a place of ego, edging God out. And it's a, a cue that I need to reconnect back to this place of what I would call God. And when you hear the word God, if you're listening and that just makes you go, oh, what you, why would you have to bring up the word God? Which I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with that word, maybe getting more comfortable though these days. Um, I always think of the word God and I hear the sound of awe and to be in that state of awe where the, the busy mind actually can't figure it out. It's like we have to sell cleverness. Rumi would say that, sell your cleverness and be in bewilderment, purchase bewilderment. And to be in the state of God is, to me, when I come back to this place of, I'm not attached, I, ha- I can allow the endings and the beginnings and the flow, but oh, I think it's a daily practice. And so one way that I do it is to um, pause, notice that I'm in this place of crazy busy-mindedness. And it, we were just reading a book actually before the podcast on it starts with a breath. It really does start with a breath for me. Um, the breath is a way to connect to the awe, to God, to our creative source that we are. I believe that you are God and I am God and we are God. And if you just think about and tune into, not just think, but feel into the breath, when you breathe in, 
It's like you're bringing that source of spirit in. And when you ha breath out, like, it's like you are actually in the moisture of your breath, bringing the um, non-physical spirit into the world. Like we are naturally channels of creativity when we just tune into our breath alone. So when I tap into actually embodying that breath, it's like I'm no longer attached. I get chills being in that because it's uh, it's it's just such a thin veil between the physical world and the spiritual world. So I'm on a big tangent, aren't I now? No, that is so beautiful. <laughs> I have chills and I was like breathing with you through that. And I'm, I'm sure everyone took a big breath uh, well, listening chills, to this. Chills so. are like... Um, They're like validation the for sure spirit yeah the hawaiians my hawaiian teacher would talk about when you get chills it's like gentle rain like that rain in hawaii where you don't get wet yes and it's like a blessing of spirit coming through oh, that's to just, so beautiful like you say to confirm that it's here oh i just love it and i love your connection to god and to spirit and for those of you who don't know keith and i actually go way back because keith used to be a part of um an organization, the Holy Rosary Church, used to do the music program there when I, <laughs> since before I could remember. And so you have been connected since Catholic a really, mass. yes, Catholic mass <laughs> and like yeah. strumming the guitar and getting everyone into it. Like you have been a performer your whole life, which has been amazing. But I feel like you've had this connection to spirit since such a young age. Mm -hmm. So when did you know or feel this strong connection and know that this was your path to go down? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, that's been an evolution to be remembering where we came from, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe that we all are spirit and we all are God in a physical form right now of expressing God in whatever way we are. But um, I think I'm becoming more and more aware of that as I go. And a lot of it at the time early on in my life was just, uh, I had parents that really encouraged me to um, just be who I need to be in the world. They weren't necessarily the type of parents that said, you have to do something a certain way, except my dad who did say he wanted me to finish off the hockey season. Mm -hmm. He's like, you have to do this. But um, I think for me, when I th consider how did I know, I think it was um, having the support of parents that would allow me to be the free spirit that I needed to be. And then uh, having just some really great mentors along the way that I looked up to, you know, mm -hmm. from the first priest at my church, actually, Father mm -hmm. Folio, who I thought was Jesus at the time. I used to call him, <laughs> I remember one Sunday, my mom tells me this story, I was like three, and uh, I walked up to the front of the communion line and I was like, hi, Jesus, look at my new shoes. And I just, oh. you know, I thought of like, this man is just such an incredibly... Uh, amazing, I guess, spirit, you know, and I, without really knowing that, but just the innocence of childhood. And for a long time, I, as a lot of my friends, they'd be playing like with Tonka trucks. And I actually used to pretend I was a priest. Like my brother wow. would be the altar server. And I used to pretend I was a priest. And I look back now and my, my saboteur, I would call it, is like, why are you even sharing this on your podcast? Everyone's going to be all Ooh. weirded out. But I've, I think I've always embodied wanting to be connected to spirit and just that just feels so aligned with me wow yeah even from a young age wow like yeah. is that doesn't show up in a lot of children because like you said everyone has that gravitational pull towards you know the shiny things or the mm -hmm. toys and you just loved being with spirit and sitting with spirit yeah. so when did it happen for you that you decided you wanted to move into you know this active service of wanting to help other people and to pursue mindfulness? 
Oh, wow. Uh, well, it was probably when I think back, you know, to be honest, I did lose, I didn't lose connection to spirit, but I think I did in with uh, really knowing it. Yeah. You know? um, I realized this kind of came about when I was playing music and I absolutely loved being in the music industry, but it was so much about um, selling a lot of CDs when they were actually for sale mm-hmm. and uh, being seen and being noticed. And I think early on, like grade seven, I went through a couple of like really bad heartbreaks. I was like in love with girls that weren't in love with me and whatever love was in grade seven. And uh, it was heartbreaking. And I remember writing these songs and just like really wanting to be seen. And looking at it now, I'm like, there was so much ego in that. But um, I think I got into music originally to be to be seen and approved of because I took on a belief around then that I wasn't enough and that I somehow wasn't worthy to be me. So I spent a lot of my time in music unconsciously trying to be seen and be famous and be known. And uh, there was a turning point that happened, whether it was grace or it was just uh, growing up. But um, Renee and I were on the road towards the end of our formal career And it was so hard because we were out there trying to sell CDs and make a go of it. And like, just things weren't cracking. We weren't making a top 10 hit and everybody seemed to have success around us. And it was like the epitome of failure in the physical world. And uh, I just remember my mom giving me a Wayne Dyer CD, who's this amazing author, if you're not aware of Wayne. And uh, I put it on in our rental car. And I remember we were on tour and we were driving to a new place. And he started talking about the power of um, our thinking and our the law of attraction he was talking about. And just as that was happening, everything that I started thinking about started showing up symbolically on the tour. Like I'd think of organic food because we'd been eating so many burgers and fries. And then there'd be a sign on the highway, organic restaurant, or, you know, um, just, I was thinking about, I'd like to sell some CDs tonight and actually be able to afford a hotel. And, and the show would be just a success. And I was like, there's something about this. And, uh, just, I think that was the entryway, mm. was discovering Wayne Dyer, who was a wow. real portal for me back to what I knew when I was born, you know? Wow. Yeah. I want to come back to Wayne Dyer as your mentor because I, he mm. shows up a lot in your book and in your talks and everything that you do. Yeah. Before I do that, I want to touch on what you said um, just earlier about that worthiness, that self-worth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I feel like with you know, technology and Instagram and this comparison game that's going on in the world right now. Is there any advice you could give these people to help them through this period where they see something and they compare their lives to other people and they don't feel worthy within themselves? Wow. That's a really powerful insight. And I mean, I get hooked in that too. Um, It's so interesting as you're saying that, what advice would I give? I'm going to have to take that up to spirit and ask. And the first thing that popped in when you were saying it was, you're already enough. You're so loved. You're already enough. You don't have to prove your worth. And that's coming through just as much for me as anybody that's listening and and hearing those words resonate. It's like to remember that we're already enough and it's about service versus proving worth because you were born of love and you are love. So the intention behind 
why you're doing what you're doing is important. Why am I posting this on Instagram? Am I doing it for the likes? Am I doing it to be famous? Am I doing it because I don't feel like I'm enough and I've got to fill that void of not enoughness? Am I doing this to be of service? Am I doing this to share something that's coming through, like <laughs> from the spirit? Mm-hmm. It's like discernment. Wow. So it's I, I would encourage people to get more conscious about their why they're why are they doing it? Because I think there's both sides to the portal of Instagram or any of that stuff. It's like, why are we doing it? Yes. You know, intention, intention. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even to beat ourselves up if we are doing it for attention. I mean, yeah. there's something really fun about people liking the posts, right? Like it's, it's so true. It's, yeah. And there's something really fun about creating this sort of community and energy and like being um, a, like a, a leader and like getting things going. I like that really charges me up when I sit with that. It's part of why I feel like we're here. Mm-hmm. But it's like when we get too uh, attached to the idea that somehow we're on a pedestal and we need to maintain this this place of that, I think we can get really hooked up in mm. the egoic part again, edging God out. Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And so um, you said that Wayne Dyer is a huge um, mentor in your life and he's been somebody who's helped guide you mm-hmm. throughout your life. Um how did you discover him and, and what really resonated with him over anyone else in, in the way that his messages came across to you? Well, the first time that I really resonated with him beyond the CD my mom gave was he was putting on an event in Hawaii and I'd never been to Hawaii, but um, right around that time I had uh, also encountered a a teacher who lives in Winnipeg who was teaching about Hawaiian healing. And uh, so there was all these signs pointing to Hawaii. So I thought, I'm going to go to Hawaii and just see Wayne Dyer. Like I've listened to him on CD and I'm mm-hmm. so intrigued by what he's saying. And so I remember going to Hawaii and I landed in Hawaii, I got off the plane and instantly I just felt an embodiment of spirit. Before I even got to his talks and teachings, I, I just felt the spirit of aloha, they call it. And uh, I didn't know that at the time, but I just felt it in every part of me. And um, I remember sitting there on the Friday night of this weekend with Wayne, and he got up to speak. And just the way that he spoke, I'd never heard somebody speak so fluidly and so uh, connected. It was like, it was, I could not, you could hear a pin drop in the room, and I could not take my eyes off of this man. And at the time, I didn't realize just how much he was just being an embodiment of of God, of spirit. And I, I just, I'm taken back there right now as I'm talking about it. And I think that was the first time that I realized this man has something to, to teach me or to remind me of that I already know. So I just really got into the way that he wrote and spoke. And um, every time I'd listen to his, his words and I'd have co- a few conversations with him, um, I just felt like this is this is somebody that I aspire to live like as well. And when he was asked, like, what's your dream? He said, to think like God thinks, to realize the the godness in me and to be that. And I was like, whoa, that's I can see, I see it in him, you know. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to aspire to the same realization and embodiment that we are all God. Holy, you know? that's so magical. It, it really that's does so feel that magical. Way. Yeah, it is. And it's uh it's a tall order in a world that has us believing otherwise, you know, with all of its uh rules and conditionings and expectations that we're so not that and we need to be more and get more and do more and it's just not uh 
it's just not what we're, what we what I wanted to sign up for. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so beautiful and just like I could envision him on the stage while you were describing everything and you really took me there. That was so great, but what I wanted to tell you and I'm sure other people listening as well is you are an embodiment of that already. Like for me, when mm. I open up my email and you're the first thing in my inbox and you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> those, or do they do the daily affirmations? Yeah. Those are so powerful. Yeah. It's, it's like, I wake up and it's like, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. Like it would either be something heavy on me or needing that I was needing to work through, but like they were perfectly on time wow. with those messages. And like every time you speak or your presence is in a room, like you just bring the goodness into it and the, that, that energy of spirit with you. So if you feel ever like you're not at that place, just listen to this episode. Gonna, I was just going to say, I better listen to this <laughs> over listen, and over and again. And I'm sure everyone, <laughs> you, you can send Keith's messages <laughs> through Instagram and tell him how wonderful he is because even people who are so wonderful need to hear it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you, G. That's really sweet. And of course. I feel, I feel seen. Thank you. Good. I hope so. Um, so talking about Hawaii, um, in your book, you talk about your journey with Huna Kane. Can you expand on that? Yeah. Huna Kane. Huna Kane. Huna yes. Kane. Yeah. Yes. Huna is... I should have uh, known that. <laughs> that's, no. You, oh my God. You're way more prepared than I've ever been on a podcast. <laughs> I just never write stuff down. Um, but Huna Kane, yeah. It, that's the a form of Hawaiian healing that I um, came across uh, quite a few years ago now. And it's um, been foundational in the work that I do. Mm-hmm. I don't promote this and I don't really talk a lot about it. It's mm-hmm. actually still kind of an uncomfortable piece mm-hmm. to, um, and I don't know if it's necessarily because it's, it's not because I, it's a vulnerability, but it's more so, I just think there's a lot of sacredness to the Hunakani work. Um, just in a nutshell, to give you an idea of what Huna Kane is, Huna is a form of Hawaiian healing, and it's um, it's ancient. It goes way back into the indigenous Hawaiian culture, and Huna is all about who in Hawaii is female and not no who is male. Pardon yeah. me, and not is female. And when you combine those two energies, uh, Huna, it's all about um, learning how to connect to the highest part of ourself. And uh, aligning our energy bodies and and living mind, body, and spirit, and the embodiment of it. Um, there's so much to Huna, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's uh, I guess it's to me it was taught formally over the span of a year, and then I've been going back and being a an apprentice with my teacher over and over again until eventually I'll teach it, which uh, wow. is feeling like it's coming. It's coming, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's taught over a year and a lot of it is just really working on our own self. So it's doing a lot of, we talked about it earlier, ho'oponopono mm-hmm. before this podcast, yes. For- forgiveness work, healing work, clearing out all of the old patterns that we've um, adopted in this lifetime and maybe even past lifetimes, really creating a, an embodiment of um, purity and light so that we can then at the end of the huna you start learning how to do energy work and body work for others mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's multi-layered but it's all about becoming a light worker and and then offering that in the world however that comes through wow. and there's a lot of principles involved in huna and it's um, uh, all i can say at this 
point about it is it's just very transformative and at the same time just feels like home to me. Wow. Even though I am probably the most unlikely Hawaiian when you look at me, I'm this like white Winnipegger from Canada, but I, uh, I feel very deeply connected to the, the Hawaiians and I'm so grateful that I, I've been able to learn some of their culture because it's absolutely incredible. So. It's a beautiful place, that's for sure. It's a beautiful yes. place on many levels, yeah. <laughs> that's so beautiful, and I love that you're getting into that. It just shows the amount of depth and how much further you want to take everything in yeah. life and what you're doing. So that's I can't wait to see what happens there. Oh, that's, thank you. I'm, I'm going to watch it unfold. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of you know healing work and helping people through their own life journey in those areas, what would you tell people who are maybe in relationships with people who aren't doing the work and the partner is doing all the work and there's mm. sometimes that change in or like disconnect between two partners who that power, not even a power struggle, but like an energy struggle mm -hmm. that happens there. Yeah. Uh, two things that popped up. One is that I do really hold this from the coaching part of me, and I believe this to be true, is that people are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. So um, to see your partner that way, even if they're not on the same trajectory as you, or you have a different uh, dream or vision, or it feels like you're doing all the heavy lifting or vice mm -hmm. versa, I think that deep down we're all very naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And to see that... Um, beyond what might appear on the surface level. Um, I also think that there's something to be said about the words ikaponomea, which is Hawaiian. Everything is happening perfectly on time, which is the loose translation in English. Mm -hmm. This was a greeting in Hawaii, like our meeting is perfectly on time. So you'd say mm -hmm. ikaponomea, we're meeting perfectly on time. And it always is perfectly on time. And so um, not to say that it's always like perfectly awesome on time, meaning like <laughs> this is really a struggle in the relationship, mm -hmm. but to know that this person has shown up uh, across from you to, to teach you something or to be a, to be some sort of a sign or symbol for you to work through something, whatever that is. Maybe it's the courage to end the relationship. Maybe it's the patience to stay in it and to be uh, compassionate, you know, depending on the scenario. But if you tune in internally and, and ask yourself, what is, why is this happening? And what's the lesson? What's the ikaponomea here? Uh, I think that sometimes the people that drive us the craziest, including our partners and relationship have the most to teach us. And there can be a lot of resistance to wanting to uh, stay with that trajectory. A lot of times you want to run for the hills, at least I know I do sometimes, um, to come back and to ask, what, what, is, what is the truth here? Mm -hmm. What is the pono, you know? What is the wow. truth is really important. And, not to, and I think that there's something to be said for this, that you don't have to be completely tied down to one way. There's always another way. So it's to be open to uh, exploration and deepening and... That might mean to leave or that might mean to stay or that might mean to, you know, fight through it. I, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's very subjective on that level. I love it. Yeah. That's so good. And in your own life, have you ever had a person or a situation that has come up that has really challenged you, but you learned so much from? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What's one that like really resonates with you? I, I'd have to say like, it's always been about, um, uh, romantic relationships for me where I, ha I struggle the most. And it's so funny because I'm like craving intimacy 
And yet I'm terrified of intimacy at the same time. Mm. It's like this real push-pull struggle. So I don't know what the lesson fully is here yet, Mm -hmm. but what's been coming through lately for me has been um, just to actually drop out of my overthinking mind and into my heart more. And that's been a really big one lately. And I think just all the female presence in my life who I am enthralled by, uh, female energy, but I'm also terrified by it. Um, but just naturally speaking, I think there's something to be said about, uh, deepening into the feel center of my heart and being really honest there and being in that more feminine state is, uh, embodying that more. So that's something that I've been working through and like, it sounds nice maybe on the podcast, but there's times where I just want to go up into my intellectual brain and justify and over talk it all, but to actually feel my feelings, to be in the heart of my feelings and give myself permission to cry or to be upset or disappointed or those tough emotions. It's probably one of the more current lessons I'm working through right now. And that's uh yeah, a lot of the female presence in my life has been helping me with that. So, but th- that's not always easy. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a tough student for them probably oh, too. Well, so. that's amazing. Like, thank you for being so vulnerable in yeah. that. I just want to acknowledge you for that. Cause that is something hard that not a lot of people can bring up, but I know it can help so many other people who are in the exact same situation. Yeah. Who, are, who might be going or feeling like that or feeling like they're in their heads and can't get into their bodies. So what's one thing you do when you, want to be so strictly in your brain Mm -hmm. like how do you get back into your body what like what things do you do to help ground yourself in it to drop into the heart wow well um i recently had a coaching session with my coach on this and i was like in tears during the session and it's hard to put words on it because my mind wants to go well here's the steps to feeling your heart but it's not a it's not not a uh, it's not a logical path but it's more of a feel thing. So a few things that I find can um, get bring me into the heart are spaciousness. So I find when I'm in my mind, things are moving very fast and I'm trying to get somewhere and there's kind of this urgency to just figure it all out and fix the problem. So to, to breathe is a big one, to take a couple breaths and to get into the moment. And then sometimes like things like to just actually feel your heart with your hand and to imagine your heart as like um, a living being and to just check in with it. Like you would check in with somebody you really care about and just, how are you feeling? You know, what are you needing? And I find like the heart energy is different than the mind energy. The heart um, is softer typically, and it tends to uh, whisper. <laughs> it's not as obvious at, at first if you're not attuned to it, but um you start listening and it, it becomes uh it just becomes more peaceful. Like it, it's accompanied by a feeling of peace. Even if I move to tears, I still feel like, oh, this is actually my real truth versus my my mind trying to justify or shield the heart. So I think spaciousness and I also think uh breath and being. Like it's not it's not a doing activity. It's like being with the presence of my heart and my feelings and it's and being okay with that which is as a man on top of it it's tough because we've been told or i've been told i should speak for myself i've been told my most of my life from society that i can't feel i need to be tough and 
make the football team and <laughs> tackle down everybody I see and fight. And, you know, and so to, to let myself really feel is, uh, is a tall order, but I also am, I love challenges and it's a good one. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That like feeling into your body and just like taking the time and space. That's such great advice in itself. And I know it's not steps, but it's definitely mm -hmm. a movement towards people really focusing inwards rather than in their brain and letting it run the show. Yeah. Right. I think to like, just deep, like the whole idea of deepening into the present moment. Um, and I'm learning this more and more in my coaching work. Mm -hmm. It's like when I slow a client down, mm -hmm. I slow myself down and we, I'm coaching from a place of heart versus my busy mind. I feel like that's when real true transformation happens mm -hmm. because to me, like to transform is literally to uh, surrender yeah. and to let go of trying to f solve something or figure it out. I mean, if only businesses could come to this place and they do sometimes where you're, you're allowing the depth and the flow and the truth in the moment to lead versus um, trying to get somewhere or trying to control it all. It's like totally. surrender, you know, Yeah. but it's uh yeah, it's easy to talk about in totally. my mind here, but to embody that and to walk through the world that way and yeah. slow down is, uh, that's why I think mindfulness has shown up in my path mm -hmm. is it's, I also need to practice slowing down and feeling into and being with and mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. And you spoke about your coach mm -hmm. who helped you work past stuff. And mm -hmm. if, for those of you that don't know, like Keith and I, he has been an amazing coach to me mm -hmm. for the past I don't want to say two years or so while I've been on my journey has been such an amazing resource for me to come to and help me grow. And one thing I really took away from your coaching, which will stay with me forever is you took me through this exercise of finding my highest self oh, yeah. and what my highest self looked like. And it was the most powerful thing that I think I still hold on to to this day of like, envisioning myself as like this bright light and going back to nature and finding who I am and like, who is that person and how would they react mm. in any situation? <laughs> Who's Keith's high self? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it comes in different ways. Like there's many layers to describing the higher self. Like I, I used the word God earlier. Yeah. I'd reference the awe state. Um, I often see it as like light like just very bright white light and it's a presence more than a physical form. It's like an energetic presence. Um, sometimes I see it as a bird, like an eagle. Um, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling of peace and it's, uh, it's an intuitive being. So it's, um, meaning it's like inner teacher, it's wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's just knowing. Those are some of the qualities, peace, wisdom, knowing. Um, there's a harmony to it. And I do think like if I were to put it into a physical form, my higher self or my creative wisdom, I mean, I, I see light and um, wow, just lately I've been seeing my higher self as uh, heaven on earth wow. and it's, this might get a little etherical, so I'll try to rein it in if I can <laughs> so that I don't get too out there. But I just, I feel like lately I've been seeing this really incredible connection between heaven and earth. And I don't think they're separate. I think that it's all one. Um, I was down in California last week and I was hiking with my aunt and uncle, my mom. And, and on the hike, I literally feel like I was in, in a place of heaven 
but I was in the physical form of earth. And there was like this moment where when we talk about higher self, I just had this moment where I looked and there was the mountains and above it, there was this stream of sunlight that was just radiating down to a stream that was flowing. And the stream was reflecting back the light to the mountains. And we talk about this and it was just, it's hard unless you were maybe in the moment, but I'm trying to recreate it. As I was just there, I just realized that there is no separation and that, you know, we get so scared about death and dying and our ego gets very scared of that. But I do believe, and this is a common quote, that we're spiritual beings and we're having this temporary experience in this physical body. And in a moment like what I experienced there in California, it was like, I'm already, I'm already spirit. I've always been spirit. And I'm just taking on this physical form as an expression of that spirit. So we start realizing that there is no necessary separation. It's a bit of an illusion. And we have to be in the illusion to be on the planet. Otherwise, we just morph into each other. But it's just quite profound to start realizing that um, to die to our my attachment while I'm here and to allow myself to... Um, realize the spirit and to see it in everything, to see it in you, to see it in this moment on, in California, to just realize that everything is, is spirit and the quality of that is love. That's the higher self to me. It's like, that's, and I don't think it's higher. I think it's right now. I think, I think it's kind of a misconception to say higher self. I think that is who we are. It's like, it's, it, it, it's the I am presence. So, wow. Yeah. Holy. That's just the most magical thing. I just like envision you, you really do paint beautiful pictures. Like oh, every, anyone who's listening is just, I know I'm just in awe right now. I'm learning this as I go too. I didn't know I did that. I oh, just, wow. uh, yeah. I love the word magic. You keep using magic. that word. Yes. I believe it's, everything's magic. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. You have a very magical quality yes. to you too, G. I feel that. I think like earth is magic and heaven on earth is magic and it's just like this larger than life or sometimes people don't associate like the un impossible with the possible and I think everything is possible so that to me is magic so yeah. every time I say that it's like reaffirming that the fact that we're even here is such a beautiful thing. So you just reminded me of an old uh, saying that I used to hear at Catholic church, yeah. but I believe it beyond just the form of the dogma. It's yes. like all things are possible with God. It's true. It leaves out nothing. It leaves out nothing. To be connected to spirit, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. If, uh, and if it's coming from that source and we're channels of it, I mean, it's just such it'll a, be created. it'll be created. Yes. And there's so much aliveness and, bliss when you're operating in that place versus trying to do it all yourself. It's so amazing. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I kind of want to end off the podcast with like a quick fire oh, wow. question, if that's okay. <laughs> that's really fun. Okay. I'll try to, I'll try to speed up So it's up like here. A, a one word or one sentence kind of answer okay. um, to these questions. So okay. um, coaching to me means... Coaching to me means transformation, evoking transformation. Oh, beautiful. Actually, I want you to expand on that because that's oh. amazing. <laughs> my job as a coach, if I'm playing the role of coach, is mm -hmm. to evoke my client, meaning I'm here to hold the highest part of them and evoke. Yeah. And their job as the client is to do the transformational work, to do the, the shifting. I can't do that for them. And together we're in relationship. So depending on which, which role I'm playing in the relationship, I'm either evoking or I'm transforming. That's coaching it. to me. Beautiful. I love it. 
my favorite place in the world is? Maui, Hawaii. Why? Uh, Hawaii is like the closest portal to me, in my experience, to heaven and to that, like embodying it on earth. Everything is so alive there. And um, Ha is breath, Vai is water, and E is God or spirit. And to me, the place is called life. It's called mm-hmm. breath, water, and spirit. What else do you want? So I, I uh, when I'm there, I just feel that. And I, I just yearn for it. But I also think it's important to be in where I am and bring that to every part of the world, no matter where I need to be. But Hawaii is my favorite place on the planet to visit. When are you visiting next? Um, Well, I'm, this is, (laughs) I'm going to say this because I don't know when this is coming out, but we are planning a retreat there for uh, next February. I'm hoping to host my first retreat in Maui. I don't have any details at the moment, but um, I'm for sure going to be there next uh, 2021. Early on in the year, somewhere January, February, for a retreat and maybe some I'll be extended there. connection. Really? Coming? Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, then you need to help present something. I love then. it. That'd be great. We got to design that. Let's do it. Okay, cool. next question. I feel most connected to spirit when? Oh, I feel most connected to spirit when I am present, when I'm fully embodied in the present moment, when I'm not overthinking. Uh, when I'm not overfeeling, mm-hmm. when I'm just in this place of mind and body. Is when I'm most connected to spirit when they're when they're working together. And the thing I think my listeners most need to hear is, oh, "Wow, you are so loved, and um, your love, you are love. That's what's coming through. That's what I'm hearing. You need to hear right now, listeners. <laughs> you are love. You are loved, and you are love." Amazing. What a beautiful way to end this lovely podcast. It was was such a pleasure to get to spend time with you, listen to your stories. You have so much value and insight and just the way you speak just evokes love, like you said. And so I just, I feel very grateful to be in this spot right now. Oh my gosh. You're like, I think you might have to take over the podcast (laughs) for now on G. You ask incredible questions. Uh. You're also very connected and uh, wow, this has just been such a grace like this is a blessing to be with you here and share this time thank Thank you you so much well thank you everyone for listening and for your time and it was a pleasure to spend this time with all of you and uh, we'll see you on the next episode of let's connect 